Yo, what's up, Theorites? What we have for you today is a little thing called ATT Confidentials. These are bonus episodes on Patreon. There must be 50 of them on there. So if you like what you hear today and you want to support your boys, support your favorite podcast, go to alientheorist.com, click support. The rest is easy. All right, we appreciate it. Hope you enjoy. Peace. Welcome to yet another episode of ATT Confidential. I'm Braden. I'm Dan. And what's very quickly become the best part of Alien Theorist Theorizing is dropping the dead weight of any kind of production and the dead weight of... uh, um, scaredy pants and just going with the real deal which is us too <laughs> uh, uh, ready to dan the gruesome twosome are back baby we're in it to win it this is another ep- epic episode of att confidential we're going to take you guys way deep super deep i'm going yeah. to address the mystery <laughs> of the baltic sea anomaly which people have asked us to cover uh on Multiple occasions, but we thought we'd put it on here. Um, it's more fun to kind of shoot stuff around. Um, if you don't know what the Baltic well, and, Sea... Oh. It, well, and the only thing is, too, with this one is, is it's one of those ones, it's very interesting surface level. Like, right away, wow, what? Huh? Woo! Ah! Woo! And then very quickly, you're like... Mm. Yeah, this thing, this thing really slammed into the headlines, and it made for good, uh, you know, good eye-catching uh, news headlines around 2011 when a deep sea exploration team that was uh, titled Ocean X, which sounds fucking cool. I guess it's, I think it was supposed to just compete with like SpaceX. They just kind of stole the name, um, which was headed up by uh, <laughs> Peter Lindbergh. Wait, wait, they were going to compete with SpaceX. They're going no, no, the no, wrong I mean, way. I, SpaceX had like just started <laughs> to get going, so oh, they're okay. like, "We're going to call ourselves Ocean X." You know? So oh, I get it. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure that was the idea. Um, I was like, they're if they're. I was like, they're they're going backwards. Like they're go. They're literally. We going know more further about from space the starting line. <laughs> than we do about the Earth's oceans, or at least that's what they keep saying, which I don't know if is it's that, necessarily true. I don't know if that's true either. Um, no, it's because we, we know we have a pretty good more about the surface of the moon. Yeah, yeah, we know more about sense. the surface of the moon than the surface than the the bottom of the ocean. Okay, which yeah, that makes to sense. me seems more. That seems plausible. Uh, maybe the moon is a big place, but. Oh well. yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, this this space or SpaceX Ocean X a team was um, put together by Peter Lindbergh, who is uh, billed as an ad- professional adventurer. Pretty sure is his official title. I didn't I didn't know adventurer could be a title, but need, I I don't know how you get it. I need to find out because <laughs> I want it. Oh man, that should be the name of our TV show: Adventurers Adventuring. That's a good one. We have a travel we, show. Yeah, that'd be our travel show. Drunk adventurers. 
Uh, and then uh, Dennis Alberg or Aberg, I'm not exactly sure. They are both Swedish. They're Swedish, yeah. Um, I believe they're and, Swedish. Yeah, and um, they are Dennis Alberg is like an entrepreneur or something. I think he's the like the Swedish version of uh, of, of uh, Elon Musk. And so uh, they put together <laughs> kind of they kind of put together this this team of Ocean X and and they uh, go around the ocean searching for shipwrecks, which a lot of people do. And it's it, it can be quite it be, it can actually be pretty profitable because before um, the Baltic Sea anomaly had hit or this, this had popped up, uh, they had actually uh, gained quite a bit of fame from discovering a uh, mostly intact uh, shipwreck from 1907. And inside the shipwreck, they actually had this very rare cache of a vintage champagne, which ended up selling for record prices at historical auctions like Christie's. Uh, and you could, it, was, it was drinkable. Like you could actually drink it and people were drinking it. So, I mean, uh, that had kind of catapulted them to the front of, I guess, the adventuring business. Uh, they were able to gain more funding and keep looking. Uh, so they they mostly explore in the Baltic Sea area, which, if you didn't know, is an actually really good place. And I didn't know this before either. It's a good place for preserving shipwrecks and things that are at the bottom, uh, sink to the bottom of the ocean, because the Baltic Sea is actually a brackish body of water, which is it is comprised of both fresh and seawater. So a lot of the organisms which the most problematic ones in saltwater are these type of like sea worms that consume uh, wood, as, you know, organic matter and stuff like that. They don't exist in the the Baltic Sea area. So there's tons of shipwrecks that have been pulled out of there that are remarkably intact and have given us a big, big uh, boost in the and kind of putting together what the you know maritime history of uh, nations of that area. That's so pretty neat. So. These two guys uh, were out pretty much doing their thing, which is uh, you, you take a ship out. I guess their 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 usual type of outing is like they go out there in a, on a ship and they use what is normally uh, side scan radar or sonar. And it kind of just scans the bottom of the... You just pretty much trawl the bottom of the ocean. You just you pick a grid where you think there is something or you haven't explored before. And you just kind of drive around there and get a picture of what's at the bottom of the ocean. Now, do you so, think it's that much of a shot in the dark where it's like, or do you think they're like, is there anywhere where they're looking at like old shipping routes or stuff like that? Or do you literally think they're just like, they just look at a map and lick their finger and go, mm, there, we're going to try there today. Because the ocean is uh, a fucking huge place. I was thinking about this today and I'm like, are they just literally just looking for needles in haystacks basically? Uh, the area that they were looking at, uh, I'm pretty sure is, uh, I guess, popular for shipwreck, you know, searches or things like that. The Baltic Sea is, in relative to the other oceans like the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean, you know, you're not you're not just like picking a random spot. I'm sure they have either historical. Usually, I think they consult uh, historical records or reports, or they get other people's like sonar data, and they're like, "This looks kind of funny. Let's go take another look at that. That might be strange." Um, I remember reading one article where um, I think it's it's one of the astronauts that spent time orbiting the Earth, 
and he had actually taken data from NASA uh, that had taken pictures of the Earth, and they could, you know, kind of mapped out the oceans. They took these really uh, comprehensive pictures, and they actually identified. He actually identified places where shipwrecks were from that data. And then when he got back to Earth, he started searching. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he started searching for. Um, he started searching for shipwrecks, and he found a whole bunch just using that data. <laughs> he never told anybody <laughs> until he got back and got out of NASA. It was pretty cool. Um, so these two pretty much searched through this data of side scan radar, and when they came upon this really strange looking scan, something they really hadn't seen before. And it was unusual uh, for what they were looking for. And it, it right away, they were pretty sure that it wasn't a ship and it was something else. So um, if, you, if you look up the, the Baltic Sea anomaly, the first thing you're probably going to get um, is a bunch of photos which look like they're underwater. Those are actually artist representations. If you look up Baltic Sea anomaly, uh, sonar scan. If you actually look at the original scan, you'll see something that people have compared to the Millennium Falcon is kind of the first comparison everybody has. Boom. You heard it here first on ATT Confidential. Star Wars is real. You know, they said it at the beginning of the movies. Um, it's a documentary and we found the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. That, true. I, yeah. That's why they, that's why Star Wars was always in the documentary section of the video store. I remember that specifically. Could you, I think that's how they should end the series. Like when the, the millennium Falcon finally gets destroyed, they should have it crash on earth a long, long time ago. In a galaxy far, far. Well, no, it's this galaxy. Anyways. Well, no, because yeah, this galaxy. Yeah. Makes sense to me. (laughs) Tie it all together. Um, yeah, there's a couple of science fiction series that do end like that. And I won't spoil by telling them what they are. But so you have the this this strange scan that they picked up and they weren't sure what it was. It didn't look like a shipwreck. They weren't really sure if it was a it, it was too when they looked at it from from their opinion, uh, it was too uniform to be a just a natural structure of some sort. It wasn't a rock formation. Um there are some reports of... Well, it doesn't put- fit. Like, if you look at the pictures, like, if you look at those pictures, it doesn't... It looks out of place. Like, whatever the scan is there, there's there's definitely, like, you could make that conclusion. It's easy. I did, but I'm also an idiot. So it's, it's, not, it's not hard to make that conclusion where you're like, there's something there. Uh, so there but we're were- not just going off of the looks. Right. So there were also some what they described strange occurrences while they were uh, exploring this uh, this anomaly while they were above it. They The crew of the ship reported that electronics were malfunctioning or they weren't, um, things were flicking on and off. So some of that stuff's kind of spotty. I don't, I don't know if it's all been corroborated, but those are some of the reports that had come out. Uh, people saying that just, uh, you know, really strange things that didn't really that maybe correspond to some sort of magnetic interference or electrical interference uh, causing malfunctions in equipment on the ship. So well, I'll just add right there that it's at that point too, like um, with these issues, these issues are only reported from the Ocean X team. Like subsequent, I, I haven't, in what I've read, I never read any subsequent issues with electrical stuff. 
yeah, doesn't there mean was, there's not something weird. <laughs> yeah, I think it was pretty much reported by like one or two people. I don't think it was. It wasn't like a giant yeah. EMP went off and like all of their all of their equipment just shut down. <gasps> it was it was probably like somebody's cell phone and it was like <laughs> it just like turned off or they didn't charge it or something like that. It, it wasn't anything really big. It wasn't uh, supremely noticeable. It's probably just someone. Yeah, they had like, a hey. they had an Andrew. They had an Andrew on their ship running some electrical gear. <laughs> Uh, so when they looked at it, they, they, they identified, uh, what seemed to be some sort of, uh, 980 foot, uh, flattened out what they, what they, I, you know, they titled as a, a runway that seemed to lead up to the object. And they kind of Im- implying that this, this object had either skidded along this path because when they scanned it, there was kind of like these depressions that were that lead up to the craft and or the object. And they couldn't really figure out what that was. So they weren't they weren't sure it looked like something if you look at it and, and if somebody tells you, yeah, that's a UFO and it crashed there, it kind of looks like that. Like you could really see that and you could imagine that actually happening. A hundred percent. I also like looking at it and reading these notes of them saying that. I'm like, I again, I'm an idiot. I'm an absolute moron. And I looked at this and I went, okay, well, I can see that. But, you know, if you show me a picture of a cloud and say, do you see Godzilla? And the cloud is loosely shaped like Godzilla. I'll go, yep. So they kind of, they, they, from the headlines and stuff uh, of this, gaining attention and traction of this Baltic Sea anomaly. Um, they also had an art artist, uh, which I don't know if they actually, if they commissioned it or the guy just did it on his own. Uh, they, an artist actually created uh, what, you know, what could possibly be the object. And so if you look up Baltic Sea anomaly, that's what you're going to see. That's not an actual picture of the object. It's an artist's rendition of the object and uh, it'll, it'll showcase what they had um, uh, theorized to be like a staircase around some sort of like rounded uh, entrance into, into the ship or something like that. So if you, if you really search it up, like that's, what's going to come up and it's, it's not an actual photo. It's just an artist's representation of what (laughs) it could possibly be based on the, just the scan from the radar. Now, so they took pretty much Ocean X took those two things. So they took the artist rendition and they took the headlines, which just shot out there and you know sent ripple ripples out through you know the the sea ocean exploration slash UFO communities all over there. And they leveraged that into creating a documentary, uh, which is the the mystery below, I believe it is. And uh, so I had to sit through that, watching that. And that was great. That was great. (laughs) You could address that up a little bit. I had to sit through it. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Well, okay. So it, it's one of the it's one of those documentaries that you're like, okay, Oh, it's shit. It's garbage. It's, (laughs) it's, it's a, um, it's like a night. Well, how long is it? It's probably forty-five minutes. It's like a forty-five-minute documentary where forty minutes are um, regular life on a ship activities, uh, accompanied by uh, Pirates of the Caribbean music. 
mostly seems like it anyways and where any any type of small event is is accompanied by like a stinger a musical stinger of some type where it's like oh, the chef couldn't find any pickles for dinner on the deck and dinner on the ship last night dun dun like um, the crew of the ocean x had to soldier on without pickles you know it's pretty yeah. ridiculous but anyways yeah. what they did do what they did end up doing uh, well was that they actually managed to um, go down and visit it on this second thing. Mo- mo- uh, when they went back the second time, they actually weren't sure where they found it, which was I thought was really weird because it's like, if you mark this on your on your scan of radar or on your sonar, wouldn't you, ex- wouldn't you pinpoint the exact place on, on GPS or something like that? Which they hadn't. So they actually had to look at, look for it again. So they had, but this time they actually came back with a different type of radar. The first time, I don't think we said this, was that they were using side scan radar, which is det- which is meant to detect things like just along the bottom of the, it's more like for horizontal, not vertical. And so when you scan with the side scan radar, it's really shallow and it's like you can't really, you can't tell really the height or you can't really tell the depth of something, you can just tell that something is kind of light. Something's uniform across the bottom of the of the ocean. It's pretty much how I understood it. So when they went back the second time with the documentary crew, they actually had a, a like a third sonar placed on the bottom of the ship, and it was like a it it was this one was designed for vertical scans. So it's it's more it would be more detailed uh, for when they reach when they reach the uh, object or when they found the object. So they come back and they find this object. Like the documentary is like 30 minutes of them looking for it. And they're like, we can't find it. We don't know where it is. And, um, uh, but they end up. It's basically if we did any kind of expedition, (laughs) like this is how it would go. It's how it'd end up. So it's, there'd probably be more drinking, but it's, um, yeah, so they they get there and they, and they find the object again, or they found the look, where they have found the object, and they actually send a dive team down this time. They hadn't sound one down the first time. They sent a dive team down the second time. So th- this documentary actually is like the most recent information that we have about the object. So like the object hasn't been in the news for like a long time. Like if you look for articles about it, it hasn't really been in any newspapers or anything. There hasn't really been any updates about it since uh, 2012, I believe. And so this documentary, which was released in like 2018, this is like the only thing, this is the most current information about the Baltic Sea anomaly that you can pretty much find. Uh, When the dive teams got down there, their whole plan was that they were going to, you know, take a piece of it. So when when they they have video footage of them kind of like brushing it off, um, uh, you know, down there at the bottom of the the ocean, it's really there's a lot of sediment and stuff. So they kind of brush off the sediment. And what was unusual about the uh, where the object was uh, was laying was that when they brushed it off, they kind of make this comment that it's like, oh, it's black. It's like it's been burnt or something like that, you know. Or it looks like th- this looks like something that has uh, that is sustained. Uh, high heat or high temperatures or something like immense that. heat and burn to a crisp. So maybe you know, coming right, into the atmosphere. 
right? So your 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 mind immediately jumps to that. So you're like, oh, so it came through the atmosphere, smacked into the ocean, and then skidded along the bottom, and then you know came to rest in the, in the middle of the Baltic Ocean. First off, I loved how both of our brains went there, but then when I like sat, I sat back in my chair for just a little bit, and I went, you know how fucking fast something would have to be going to crash into the atmosphere hit the water, go through the entire sea and then still skid on the bottom. Yeah. Cause it's, it, it's 300 feet down. I think, I think yeah. I uh, forgot to mention that, but it, it, the, the depth uh, that which they found it, it is about 300 feet from the surface. Uh, That's of the a ocean. substantial amount of water to hit. Uh, so, that's the kind of comment they they made when they first found it when they were down there uh, with the dive team. The dive team only had so much air, so they didn't really have time to kind of you know mess around down there. So all they managed to get was a uh, a couple samples. They kind of they had their their digging tools or whatever, and they and they took a couple of uh, they picked off a couple of um, pieces of the of the object of what they assumed is the object, and they took those back because <laughs> they were like, well, if anything, we're going to take this to some experts and have them take a look at what we have here. So that's the most that they brought back from the, from this object. When they got down there, I mean, it didn't look anything like the picture uh, that that they had. You know, I mean, well, you couldn't really get a good, um, you couldn't get a really good view of the object itself in its entirety because the water is, uh, like, there's a lot of sediment down there and they couldn't really get a good good look at it. So it's pretty much like we're going to take a piece of it. Yeah. We're going to take a piece of it and then we're going to have people analyze this and figure out what this is. So they took these yeah. samples of stone that they recovered and they took it to Volker. Yeah, Bucher. or like rock-like structure. <laughs> to and the, here, uh, Dan, I'll get and I'll, I'll give you a drum roll. What did they found? What did they find? <laughs> They were surprised when they looked at the material and they analyzed <laughs> it at Stockholm University by an actual associate professor in geology, Volker Bruchert. And this black stone that they recovered, uh, or what it seemed to be, was actually a type of volcanic rock. Which is strange in itself. He thought I it was that pretty... so much. We <laughs> found is... a rock. <laughs> we found a rock. At the bottom of the ocean. So there's those, only one conclusion here, Dan. This is a rock ship from the rock people. And you wouldn't be wrong when people have put that that theory forward. Uh, probably more than a few people have actually, I've seen that in some places where it's like, well, maybe this is some type of ship from a planet where life forms evolved, you know, from minerals, mineral-based life forms, not... <laughs> The the rock lords. I don't know. <laughs> like it's, um, that's one of the theories that perhaps the ship is from a planet where it's like they are they're made they're rock people. They're a whole bunch of Benjamin Grimm's, you know, everybody's favorite blue eyed thing. <laughs> Fucking walking yeah. around and they're in now rock ships or Korg. And they're stuck in the sea. They're just weighed down by the great weight of the sea that's keeping them trapped. And if we continue to heat up this planet and evaporate the oceans, we are making it easier for the rock people to escape. 
So that's what I took away from this documentary. Right. So that that's what that's one theory. The other theory is that perhaps the the the, the outside rock covering of is covering something else. That there is something beneath this, and perhaps it has been left there long enough, or it's been buried there long enough that it's covered in this rock. And this volcanic rock or something like that. Uh, that's the other theory. If if you're trying to push the the UFO uh, narrative, uh, the, the alien object narrative. Uh, on the other hand, if you're to consider that this is something not exact, it's not mundane, but also a little bit more plausible, is that the this object uh, is actually a piece or a larger piece of. Um, volcanic rock which had been left there uh when the baltic sea was formed during the ice age when the glaciers uh were receding so it's strange because there are no real volcanic activity in that area so having volcanic rock there it's still a type of mystery it's still a geologist looks like this i guess technically it is it's they're not lying when it's an anomaly Right, it's not like it's actually. I mean, it's when the geologists explain it, they're like, "This is this is actually pretty weird." It's not uh, this rock isn't something that you would normally see here. Uh, you know, uh, there there was other there were other materials that they brought up from the sea bottom. There were there were granites and gneisses and sandstones which you would normally find there, but this this volcanic rock is something that is just something that they hadn't you wouldn't expect to be C down there. So the, the the scientific explanation would be that this was left here by glaciers. The glaciers picked up the rock while they were moving back and then they just kind of left it there when they were melting or, or leaving the area as glaciers tend to do. And so uh, it, that's how a geologist would look at it. Uh, it is... Um, they 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 found it's it's just a type of rock that forms from hardened uh, lava, and um, so <laughs> when they, when at least one you know when you try to ask the Ocean X team uh, about this glacial deposit theory, they haven't said anything. They haven't made any comments on it. So, eh. <laughs> um, it, it's. It's a really uh, fun one, or this was really fun. Like back, I just remember seeing this in all the headlines. Like I remember seeing Baltic Sea anomaly, uh, you know, the spaceship that's sitting down at the bottom. I remember seeing all of the artist renditions of this uh, this craft that was somehow either like on some type of uh, pedestal or something at the bottom of the ocean, just laying there, kind of waiting for people to come down and find it, and. It's something when you when you dig into it, both figuratively and literally, there's there's really not that much. It's a bunch of people, kind of, you know. When I when I hear the word or I see the title "professional adventurer," I kind of think part of me is like, "Well, is a bit of a con man because it's like you're always looking for your next. That, you know, you need somebody to adventure. fund your adventures. <laughs> so why not say that? Hey, and we what found better a headline? Exactly. What better headline grabbing? And then I started to think that maybe this is one of those, like the first incidents, incidents of like someone like manipulating like social media and stuff. 
to get something to go viral in order to get this kind of publicity, um, you know, in order to fund further expeditions and other stuff, right? Because if, you know, this was, this took off like crazy. And the reason you know, like what struck out for me is why I think it's a little bit hokey pokey and a little bit bullshit by the Ocean X team is because they didn't, if you think you found a fucking spaceship and you didn't mark the coordinates so you had to look for it again, get out of here. Yeah, like that is ludicrous. There, there's a ton of, uh, you know, criticism from the scientific community about the stuff that they kind of... It wasn't so much that the Ocean X team lied. It was more like, well, they lied by omission. They kind of left out a whole bunch of stuff that they're like, well... Or they ignored a bunch of evidence that it's like, this isn't... <laughs> this is not a spaceship. It's just malfunctioning. Some people are saying that it's... There's more theories about what happened with their equipment rather than what it is at the bottom of the ocean. They're more like uh, yeah, people who specialize in the, uh, the that type of sonar, that side scan sonar and underwater sonar. Uh, they've been consulted and, and they said that, that the... the the way that the lines or that when you look at the image, there's like a mirror image on the other side and if there's a mirror image on the other side, that means that you're getting like a type of crosstalk between the two, like the two emitters that go on the side of the ship. So it's like, it it, it wasn't so much that it was picking up some type of uniform objects. It's that the, the two, uh, the, the equipment was not calibrated Are properly. Putting that together, yeah. 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 That makes so, sense. Bleh, you know, it's 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 a really strange thing, and it's just one of those things that I can't blame them. Like, I can't blame the the Ocean X guys and being like, "Well, Listen, you guys are trying to." Make, we you know, would do the same thing. <laughs> we would do the exact same thing. If we saw a UFO that was explainable, we took a picture of it. We would put it up for you guys and be like, you know what I mean? Because it's fun. It's like, like, look at this. Let your imagination run wild. And this just went extra wild. Yeah, and and we'd want to be like, well, if if you want to give us it'd be cool if somebody wants to fund an, an expedition for us to take a closer look at some of these things. Like you won't know until you look is kind of that you know, that's one of my philosophies is like you won't know until you actually take a look. So, you know, the fact that they got funding and they made this kind of hokey documentary, but they got a chance to go down there and look and and you know, there's a little bit of publicity out there for doing what they're doing. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, perfectly, it, it's not like they overinflated it. Maybe they might have, they might have made some comments that were taken out of context and then, you know, the, the news tabloids ran with it uh, more than them. And then they kind of, they kind of fed into it as well. They probably have some responsibility in the whole kind of just being like, oh, it's a UFO, definitely. Uh, they just kind of be like, well, you can't say it's not a UFO. And it's like, well, no, we can't because, we haven't gone and looked and at it's it. Like, if you pass, <laughs> we'll go look into it more. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the documentary is pretty fun if you want to see how the, you know, how people search for shipwrecks at the bottom of the ocean. That's still pretty cool. There's there's a lot of a lot of neat stuff down there, and uh, it still kind of leaves the question. Yeah, you can probably skip to at least thirty minutes in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Watch the intro uh, and then. There's a lot of filler. Yeah. So if you want to know, uh, pretty much it's, it's just an update on the Baltic Sea anomaly. It's it's still down there. 
it's just an anomaly. It's just something that isn't, it's out of the ordinary for that area, but doesn't seem to really be any evidence supporting that it is an actual UFO or something like that. But still, that area of the Baltic Sea is, there's still tons of shipwrecks down there, which are super cool. Um, I think there's like, uh, they're saying like there's like 100,000 things that are being pulled out of there like every year. Something like that. It's it's a really ridiculous amount of stuff for it, for historical purposes and things like that. So it's there's tons of cool stuff down there, and mm-hmm. you know, exploring the ocean is never you know for them. I mean, they put their safety at stake to go down there, three hundred feet down, and, and dive suits is terrifying. You can I don't think I you could pay me. Uh, uh, enough money to kind of go down there. You would have to do some sort of like halo dive to do that. Well, I mean, they had like, they had all their... Did they free dive or did they cable dive it? I can't remember. I skipped oh, I that part. I, can't, oh, I don't remember. Um, probably just dropped a cable down there to go to follow that all the way down and get down there. Um, but they were only down there for a little bit. Like they couldn't stay down there like the whole time. You would have to and then you'd have to stage coming back up instantly. Yeah, it was a uh, pretty, pretty neat. A uh, little operation. I mean, we need James Cameron doing. to look into this. <laughs> uh, get Jimmy on the line. I know me and James Cameron are best yeah. buddies. So let's me call him Jimmy. There's get Jimmy C on the line. But that's but that's basically all there is to the Baltic Sea anomaly. Like it's interesting. Again, it's a perfect confidential because it's interesting for the surface level. As soon as you start scratching at that surface of like the headlines you start going like, oh, well, this doesn't seem that great right away. Um, did, you, did you have anything else to add on Baltic Sea Anomaly? I have another thing, like a quick conspiracy, but let's... Uh, let's yeah, sure. Um, well, what do you have? Well, final I'm, I'm saying it's like, it shouldn't. this shouldn't discourage us from thinking that there's something perhaps down in the ocean. Like the... The no. actual documentary is is kind of leaves the whole thing open. Again, we know more about the surface of the moon than the the bottoms of the ocean. So it's like there could possibly still be stuff down there. And and there's no telling what what's buried underneath the sediment. I mean, if if something has been down there, if it's like Autobots the Ark, which has been buried under a volcano for 65 million years, like <laughs> you don't know what's down there. Listen, it could just, it could just be it's gonna awaken December 2020. Right, and then the Autobots and the Decepticons are going to battle for the supremacy of Earth. So, whatever, what a, what a better way to end twenty uh, twenty than on a robot war, I guess. <laughs> um, Dan, my other conspiracy that just popped into my head because I said the word ludicrous. Um, are you familiar with the rap artist Ludicrous? You mean Luda, who wears platinum yeah. chains? <laughs> yeah, uh, Luda is also a star uh, and too fast and too furious. Yep, that's okay. the one. Okay. Um, yes. Are you are you are you aware that he stepped out the swamp? That, and with this 12 is and a canon. This is this is this is real life. That there's people who call him Mister Wiggles. I am not aware of that. Like instead of ludicrous, uh, like people right? who that's know what him? I'm searching for. This or <laughs> I don't know. Listen, okay, listen. Dan, it, it's bugged me ever since I heard it because I've never met anyone where I've gone, oh, I love that ludicrous song. And they go, oh, you mean Mr. Wiggles? Never. That's never happened to me. I've never but heard him call According that. to Ludacris himself in the song called Holiday Inn, 
by Chingy. He says, and I quote, and I know this because it's bothered me so many times and it just popped into my head. He goes, stop, drop, kaboom. Uh, let me rub on those nipples. Some call me Ludacris. Some call me Mr. Wiggles. Now, is is that self-proclaimed like people call him Mr. Wiggles or this is like... So are we... That, that raises another question for me. Are we now... If I meet Ludacris, am I... Is that giving me permission to now be like, hey, Mr. Wiggles? Well, I mean, if he's rubbing on your nipples, maybe. I could only... <laughs> I can only, if he rubs on my nipples, then you can call him Mr. Wiggles. Well, but that's, that's what not the line. The so- it's that's not what it the- says in the song. No, the line doesn't know it. So it. Dan, if it said, for what the scenario that you're explaining, the line would have to be stop, drop, kaboom. If I rub on your nipples, you can call me Mr. Wiggles. But that's not the line. The line is stop, drop, kaboom. Come, let me rub on your nipple. I think it's let me or come rub on my nipples. Some, some gets call me. me ludicrous. Some call me Mr. Wiggles. I still think it would be, it would be appropriate to call him Mr. Wiggles if he was rubbing on your nipples. Cause that way it Okay, rhymes. hold on. I, holiday. I'm going to look at it to make sure I've got these lyrics exactly right. Cause maybe I've, I've never really looked into it. Uh, so I want to just quickly, I don't think anybody calls quickly him Mr. to Wiggles. make sure I'm not, well, no, but he's saying that some do. Okay. Hold on. Stop, drop, kaboom, baby rub on ya nipples. So he's saying, if you rub your okay, nipples, yeah, so yeah, you may call him Mr. Okay. Wiggles. Yeah. So if you're, if you are rubbing on your nipples, <laughs> so, you can call him Mr. Wiggles. Yeah. Yeah. That's stop, drop, kaboom, baby, rub on I, your nipples. Some call me ludicrous. Some call I, me Mr. Wiggles. I think it's pretty, it's crystal clear under what circumstances it's appropriate to address ludicrous as Mr. Wiggles. Listen, now, so when when I eventually meet ludicrous, right, uh, on the set of Fast 12, uh, Fast to the Future, <laughs> Fast to the Future. That we are going to be producers on. Yep, co-producers, uh, <laughs> right? Co-producers, because uh, I think it's copyrighted because we've said it. Um, yeah. Do I have to That's leave my shirt on while I rub my nipples to call him Mister Wiggles, or well, do I have it, to remove my shirt, rub my nipples, and then address him as Mister Wiggles? It doesn't. It doesn't. Well, it do, yeah. It doesn't specify whether you need to be fully clothed or not. So, I would I would assume that just for. <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Now I've got more questions, Dan. The beginning of the line is stop, drop, kaboom. Does that mean I have to lay down? No, you have to stop, drop, kaboom. So I would assume that is stop, drop, drop it low, as the kids say. And then, <laughs> you know, and, and then, yeah. A, get into a little squat and then yeah. rub your nipples and go, hello, nice to see you, Mr. Wiggles. Yes, I, I yeah, I, yeah. That's that's probably correct. Is that what it is? And then he, and then he just tips his his felt hat to you. And, yeah, and that leaves. makes sense. <laughs> Interesting. I've always uh, I've always been very fascinated by that line, and uh, it's good to finally. I totally forgot until I said the word ludicrous, and then I went. I should have said Mister Wiggles because that's what some people refer to him as. 
Hold on. Let me check his Wikipedia page because he probably has aliases. And under his aliases, does he have Mr. Wiggles as aliases? Are, are like Ludacris, a.k.a. known as Chris, a.k.a. Mr. Wiggles, a.k.a. Uh, no, it's, right. it's, it's other names. Chris Lava, Lava, or Luda. Yeah, Luda. No Mr. Wiggles. Yeah. Most people call him Luda, I think. I'm going to quickly... Luda. Does anyone call... Call Ludacris Mr. Wiggles? I think it's only going to come Googling, does song. anyone call Ludacris... Does anyone call Ludacris Mr. Wiggles? There's a Yahoo enters and it just says, yeah, some people. <laughs> some people. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> it's obviously been questioned before. I mean, yeah, if it comes up in a popular song, I mean, sure, it should be. I, th- I think we have a satisfactory answer. I think we we put together the puzzle pieces. I'm just saying that you have to stop, drop low, uh, pop back up, and then rub your nipples, and you can address Luda, Luda as uh, Mr. Wiggles. Totally and you just say, Mr. Wiggles? Yes. Yeah. And then he would say, Raiden. <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's... Uh, the- Baltic Sea Anomaly slash the mystery of Mr. Wiggles. <laughs> I don't know why that popped into my head at the end, but it's fairly interesting. <laughs> right? Uh, why would you say that in a song? Why would you give yourself the nickname Mr. Wiggles? I, I'm not even sure what it implies as to whether like what it, like if somebody calls him Mr. Wiggles. Okay, well, hold on. Let's get into it a little bit then. Let's, Somebody let call me, Ludacris. I'm going to call Ludacris right now. Let me get him on the phone. Okay, <laughs> so I got the lyrics. Hold on. I'll read the rest of the lyrics to see if it makes sense that why you would call him Mr. Wiggles. Stop, drop, kaboom, baby, rub on your nipples. Some call me Ludacris. Some call me Mr. Wiggles. Far from little, make your mammary glands jiggle. Okay. <laughs> so I guess that's rubbing your nipples so they jiggle. Just yes. like boop, 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 boop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some co- memory. I, I am, I am surprised. I'm surprised that he used memory glands in a rap song. That is, yeah. That's something else. Uh, got him, <laughs> got him under control. The bowl of tender vittles. Okay. Dr. Giggles. I can't stop until it tickles. Okay. There's no sure reason giggles, for him to wiggles. be called Mr. Vittles. Mr. Wiggles. I'm pretty sure Mr. Wiggles is because it rhymes. Yeah, but he's, he's like, he couldn't come up with anything else that he's like, you know what? I've got this whole, I've got this whole verse on a song that's not even mine that I've thought in my head that I've written, but the whole premise of my entire lyrics involve me having to self-proclaim myself as Mr. Wiggles. Look, you read. It's the literally the first line. Right in front of you. Some people call him Mr. Wiggles. So, some people call him Mr. Wiggles, according to Yahoo Answers. That is a completely, uh, you know, airtight source, reliable source to get your information from Yahoo Answers. Uh, so, I'm sure he just put it in there just to reinforce the fact that people call him Mr. Wiggles. Whether he prefers to be called Mr. Wiggles as opposed to Ludicrous, I think that is still open to debate. <laughs> but it, it, to me, it sounds like the people who call him Mr. Wiggles, it's in a sexual nature. 
Yes. I, I, yeah, I think I get that from the song. I think that could be but, interpreted uh, that way. <laughs> I could definitely, definitely see it that way. All right. Well, um, that's it for this week's episode. Well, this episode of ATT Confidential. Um, I'm Braden. I'm Dan. And uh, keep those eyes on the skies. Peace. 